Hour number three, Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017. The team, Sam Hauser, with you here for one more hour. We'll get to the Cowboys because there's plenty to talk about, certainly from yesterday's loss to the Packers. But just because we finished the last segment, the last uh, the five o'clock hour, talking about the Raiders and playing that soundbite from Derek Carr, we'll play it again here if you missed it. And in the post-game wrap-up, in the post-game story in the Las Vegas Review-Journal from Ed Graney, the headline reads, Mark Davis on Josh McDaniels, quote, he's doing a fantastic job. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about the situation right there. And when you're the quarterback, you're one of the people that's the face of a franchise. And, you know, we talk about... Athletes trying to put their stamp on a situation and, you know, athletes in in a certain level, certain position feel like they should have some say in how things go in an organization. But at the end of the day, it's still up to... There are cases where the team probably should listen if somebody has something they want to say, if they want to put some input in on the future of an organization. But at the end of the day, the team still make that decision. So you have this accountability, you have this front-facing situation, and you really don't have a ton of, especially in the NFL, you really don't have a ton of power. So Derek Carr... Yeah, he hasn't been I mean, he hasn't been playing nearly as well as he should either. But you have a case yesterday where you're without Darren Waller, who's you know, he's only one player, but he's a big impactful player for that offense. No Hunter Renfro, who just got a nice new contract and has had a really disappointing season as well. They go out there and they lose to the Colts. If you it's it's reasonable to think that maybe he's onto something if he feels like not everybody's pulling their weight around there. And I can only imagine, I mean, you know, we we tongue-in-cheek kind of from the outside view poke at this a little bit with the Cowboys when it comes to Jerry Jones or yeah, and and this is basically the counterpart. To wake up this morning, I, I don't know if Derek Carr subscribes to the newspaper. Should sport local journalism, but I can only imagine being Derek Carr getting up this morning and seeing that on the headline of the sports section. Mark Daniels or Mark Davis says Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. The day after you lost to somebody who's never coached a game before in the NFL or college, I mean, kudos to Jeff Saturday. He he did. What we thought he would do. I mean, guys are going to respect him. Guys are going to want to play for him. Guys are, are going to want to, you know, there, there, there's always the pride factor when a coach gets fired because guys take that personally. You know, coach got fired because we weren't doing what we were supposed to do. So there's that aspect of it. And then obviously, I mean, Jeff Saturday is still such a, such a big name in Indianapolis. He's on TV all the time with ESPN. And what makes that headline even better what makes the quote from Mark Davis even better? This has been going around social media today, too, where Jeff Saturday, again, the way that this all happened was just so unbelievable. Jeff Saturday wakes up one morning less than a week ago and is an ESPN analyst. And later on, in the and he goes to bed as the interim coach of the Indianapolis Colts. 
So uh, up until that point, he's doing his thing as an analyst, as, as a commentator for ESPN. And this has been going around social media uh, about a week ago. It was either after it was right around the time of, of losing to the Jaguars. Jeff Saturday tweets basically tweets that the Raiders stink. And to coach your first game less than with less than a week to prepare when you've never coached a game before and you go beat that team, there is not a better flex than that. Like there, there, there has to be some kind of physical manifestation. Maybe just maybe just a tweet. Maybe put a print out the tweet and frame that and put it at the at the Pro Football Hall of Fame because there is no better win than that. You're an analyst. We all think we and look. There's a difference between myself as a sports radio host and Jeff Saturday as an NFL analyst. I am fully aware of that. Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowl center. One of the greats. But you're still somebody who is on TV to give your opinion. And the opinion was, that team stinks. I've never coached a game before. Let's go see. Let's go show them just how much they stink. Beat them on their home field 25-20 the next morning. Josh McDaniels doing a fantastic job, everybody. Come on, man. Come on, man. And Derek Carr is in a little precarious spot, too, because there is so much of this wide gulf of the opinion on him that, yeah, Raiders offer you that second contract. You're going to take that second contract because there probably weren't many other places that that second contract would have come from. But I got to go up there and answer questions when we just did that. Yet, if you missed it, this was Derek Carr in the postgame yesterday speaking his truth on where things stand with the 2-7 and seven Las Vegas Raiders. Derek, I'm going to ask this with the utmost respect. Last year, with what you did with this team, with everything you guys went through, you endured and got to the playoffs. This year, it just seems there's frustration at times, obviously, after these losses. Is there, in any way, a disconnect with what you're trying to do and this new staff as far as the system? I, you know, I don't think so. Um, you know, I love I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. To finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. This is a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what <clears throat> some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like just so we can be there for each other. <laughs> and I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. If I'm being honest.
And it's a totally fair question to ask. Is there a disconnect between what you're trying to do and this coaching staff? Because we've talked about it a few times this season. These guys don't look like they want to play for Josh McDaniels. When you're 2-7 and seven and you're losing games by the way the Raiders are losing games, when you look that way losing games and you're 2-7 and seven with this roster, really, even before we even talk about this roster, when you're 2-7, and seven, there's really only two main options. Either you're air quotes tanking and you just don't have a team that's really in a position to be competitive right now and you're playing for a number you're playing for a, a top draft pick or there's a a problem in the organization that needs to be addressed. Guys guys don't want to play for a certain coach, there's a disconnect there. And you would th- and even even if it may seem like okay, well if somebody's got a problem they can leave. I mean, we know how this goes. You're going to get rid of a coach before you get rid of a star player or or multiple players. And then to see your owner say after the game, after you're 2-7 and seven and you lost to somebody who's never coached a game before, that Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. That, to me, says things are going to get worse before they get better. I know Raiders fans don't want to hear it. But these guys don't want to play for Josh McDaniels. And, and none of us know what's going on on the inside if it's just you know he thinks because he's been a head coach before that that his you know that there's some kind of arrogance there because he's been a head coach before and because he coached under Bill Belichick or whatever it is what whatever it is honestly doesn't even really matter but those guys played their tails off for Rich Bisaccia last year with everything that was going against him and they're doing the exact opposite for Josh McDaniels. So, yeah, it, it I mean guys are guys are emotional after they play uh, after they play 60 minutes of football anyway, and especially after you lose 60 minutes of football and lose that way and lose the way the Raiders have the last 3 weeks of the season and they're 2 and 7 when this was supposed to be their year. But you're darn right there's a disconnect there between what your quarterback is saying and what your owner is saying and what your head coach is saying. Because Josh McDaniels was asked about that today and was basically like, I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) That should be one and a half wins for the Colts, though. Like, the Colts already have a tie on the season. Maybe take that away. Maybe take that away and turn it into a win. Because to have... Jeff Saturday tweet out as an ESPN analyst a week ago that they stink and then go beat him when he's never coached before is 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 about as good as it gets. Speaking of stink, man, there was very little to take away. There, there was very little good to take away from from the Cowboys losing in Green Bay yesterday. Fortunately, we had two unbelievable football games back-to-back on the radio yesterday because we had Bills and Vikings go to overtime, and then we have Cowboys and Packers go to uh, overtime. So just a wildly entertaining day of, of the NFL. But really, where I'm at with this with the Cowboys after, you know, we, we've, we've, had, we've had about 24 hours now to, to really let this sink in. And this is the mid-season equivalent of where we were after the Tampa loss. 
it's not really it it doesn't really sound positive, but the silver lining out of this is maybe they needed it. You know, coming into the season, the Cowboys were probably a little overconfident in the roster that they had, and they put up just an, an, an embarrassing performance in the opening week of the season, and it sparked something to get them to play better, to for everybody to do their job better. The play, everything was more cohesive. The defense was playing at an elite level, and now you kind of circle back to that where you re, where and this is all you know. This is all hypothetical. This is all hopefully where you realize how thin the margin for error actually is in the NFL overall, and especially with this Cowboys team looking the way that it does, and some and some more things just get corrected or or made better. For the rest of the regular season. Because the Cowboys had no business losing that game yesterday. Because it looked like they were on the up and up. And because the Packers are the Packers are as much of a mess organizationally as you're ever going to see the Packers. You know, one of the if you're a regular listener of the show, you might have heard me talk about this from time to time. There is a correlation between what a team does on the field. And what's going on in in its front office as an organization? There is a correlation there where if the team's not being run well, it either makes it a lot harder to win, or you're gonna find a team that ends itself on a losing streak. You know, if if you're if 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 things are going well and you're a team that's you know like the Cowboys have that first game of the season, but then everybody bands together and you find a way to fight through the headaches of what your boss is saying Monday through Saturday, and you you put a couple of wins together, you get on a roll, and then all that just does a complete 180 as the Cowboys blow a two touchdown lead first time in in franchise history, 195 and 0. When going into the fourth quarter, leading by two or more touchdowns, and now 195 and one, and and I posted, I posted the meme after the game of the the old guy that says call the ambulance, and then he pulls the weapon out of the car, but not for me when he's getting robbed, because that's what that was. The Packers are down two touchdowns. You have you, you have a chance. You have a chance to bury him. Because you already did part of the job earlier in the game. Aaron Rodgers' hand is dangling by a thread. It's already wrapped up going into the game, and then you beat that up. You hit him a couple of times. You hurt his hand. Even after the Packers tied the game, there was a moment at the end of the fourth quarter. Green Bay's got the ball. It's third and one, and they decide to go play action. Cowboys defend it perfectly, and so there's nothing to do for Aaron Rodgers. He just throws it out of bounds. Before the ball lands, he throws it out of bounds. He just you know chucks it out just to avoid a sack. Before the ball lands, he's already barking at Matt LaFleur, which isn't surprising because Aaron Rodgers is mad at everybody. It's everybody else's fault that the Packers season going the way that it is. Guys are dropping passes. Guys aren't running the right routes. Matt LaFleur's doing X, Y, and Z. This team is a mess. You don't lose to a team that is an organizational mess. You just don't. You, you can't. If you want to be taken seriously, because again, if we're finding the silver lining today for the Cowboys, it's all in a, in a losing position. 
Either you say, hopefully this is another opportunity where they learn from the stakes, where they've been losing close games and or winning close games, winning games that they should have won by bigger margins, like against the Lions. Like, you know, it, uh, you know, it, I mean, they beat the Bears by twenty, but you know, they're, early on in that game, there you know there were a couple of moments here and there where it could have been an even bigger score. So it's either that of hopefully they, this is another opportunity where it takes a loss to do it, but they learn from mistakes, or the place that the Cowboys really don't want to be, which is the NFC stinks anyway, so it's okay. We can afford a loss because the NFC stinks. Nobody, you don't want to be in that position. That's what we're talking about for like the Forty ers who are barely over five hundred. It's self-inflicted as as can be, and this was the quintessential Mike McCarthy game, where some of these these glaring mistakes get made along the way. Obviously, he didn't push Jalen Tolbert past the line of scrimmage to be called for offsides, or you know he didn't put Connor McGovern's hands in a position to be called for holding on a crucial play. But this is what Mike McCarthy's teams do in the biggest moments when you have to put a game away. There were there were a handful of them in Green Bay when seasons ended earlier than they should have. Certainly, you know, last year for the Cowboys in the wild card game, and in a game that you had no business losing because this team's ready to implode and turn on each other. It's just a culmination. Of of a lot of, of of a lot that goes into it for the Cowboys, and this becomes a, this this becomes a turning point in the season. To hear a little bit from Mike McCarthy in in the post game, he was asked if he felt like this one got away from him again. It's for the first time in franchise history, the Cowboys blow a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. Something they'd never done before until yesterday. Well, I think it's like any game. We, you know, this is not a game that we haven't played this year that I didn't feel like we should or could have won. I mean, this, this is definitely is in that category. You know, we're, um, you know, I, I love this, this this team not only just because they play hard, they do all the right things, but they're made of the right stuff. I mean, they, they're, you know, they're accountable. Um, you know, the adjustments. Um, you, know, the, you know, I don't know if you got even pay attention to it, but the sideline there was no blink. We, I mean, we were totally in control of that game, as you know, as far as our viewpoint and. You know, and, and I felt when we got the ball that we were going to go down a score and and then see what happens. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's very disappointing. I'm very disappointed for the players because I, I thought they definitely did enough today to win. One of the things that was really concerning, and and this caught my attention after the loss to the Eagles, what a three four weeks ago, about a month ago or so, whenever that was. Now uh, the loss to Philly in primetime. One of the things that Philly really exposed on this Dallas defense in that game was. With Jalen Hurts back there as the quarterback, they dared Micah Parsons to go one-on-one. Jalen Hurts said, Micah Parsons, come at me, bro, and see what happens. And they they used that to take Micah, to take Micah away from the rest of the play. It was, let him come at me. Clear the way, clear a path for Micah Parsons to come at me, Jalen Hurts, and we'll, we'll, we'll get the ball away from him. And I wondered, even though you know most quarterbacks in the league can't do what Jalen Hurts does, if defenses were going to pick up on that, because def- teams are smart. Teams are even though it doesn't look like it at times. Teams are smart about football and picking up football trends, and that is one that can be a real advantage. 
and we hadn't seen it as much in the last couple of weeks since then, but there was some of that yesterday where Aaron Rodgers is smart enough and he still he still can move well enough to where Green Bay did neutralize Micah Parsons through most of the game. It wasn't his best game anyway, but they just made him run around and around and around and, and back and forth and they blocked him really well. But they took him out of a lot of plays. They, they didn't give him the chance to be Micah Parsons. And when you have quarterbacks that are in that that are in that echelon, when offensive coordinators know that they trust their guy to be able to do stuff like that, that is going to be something worth watching for the rest of the season. That goes for for Micah and for this Cowboys defense as well, because Micah called himself a lion a couple weeks ago. This Cowboys defense had already been get, you know getting compared to the Doomsday defense. There's your challenge. And now things don't get any easier next week. You're going on the road again. Granted, the game's going to be indoors because the Vikings play in a dome, but you're playing Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and Alexander Madison, uh, big tight end in TJ Hawkinson. You're playing a Vikings team that that lived up to its challenge. We all we all called them out on it, and it it was warranted. It was warranted to to, to call up the Vikings as a little as a fraud. As a fraud seven and one team, they played good defenses. They also played a lot of backup quarterbacks along the way, but they went into Buffalo and beat Josh Allen and the Bills. However, however it looked, I mean, it was a it was a fireworks spectacular circus show at the end of the fourth quarter, and at the end of the fourth quarter there. But that's how thin the margin is between winning and losing in the NFL anyway. It, it looked like something that you didn't want to take your eyes off of, but that it, it was still it, it's still the same end result of how thin that margin is between winning and losing. And the Vi- and the Vikings did what we all ch- I mean it's, it's really it's, it's as simple as that. We said you want to be taken seriously, you go beat Josh Allen and the Bills. And I mean obviously Josh Allen's still not a hundred percent. But they did it one way or another by the grace of of whatever Viking god they pray to. They did it, and they're 8-1, and one, and it legitimizes some of the other wins along the way. I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be another tough one. You know, you figure you got all four NFC North teams in a row. If you're Dallas, you got past the first two, fine. You get Green Bay, you want to get this one because you know that the fourth one is going to be the, the toughest of them all. If the Cowboys can if, if, if the Cowboys can live up to that same challenge, like we challenged the Vikings to go into Buffalo and win, that's going to be the challenge for, for Dallas this week. You want to make people forget about what about that slop that you just put up in Green Bay? Go into Minnesota and beat an eight and one Vikings team. And if you do that, we'll forget about this one. So there's still an opportunity to go three and one in this stretch with the NFC North, but if they don't, two and two is going to be really disappointing, given where things stood going into the bye week. Team Talk, ESPN Radio, one hundred one seven. The team. When we come back, keep the NFL going. Got a little bit of a weird week this week, so we're gonna do we're gonna do not an overreaction uh, Tuesday normally we do our not an overreaction segment on Tuesdays we're gonna do that in the six o'clock hour as well and also 
are you any closer to asking for help? Because, quite frankly, it's okay to ask for help, and you need it. It's Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team.